So today we are in Mark chapter 4. So I'm going to go ahead and have you stand. Now you just sat down for the reading of God's word this morning. And you're going to have to stick with me a little bit. It says, again he began to teach by the sea. And a very large crowd gathered around him. So he got into a boat on the sea and sat down, while the whole crowd was by the sea on the shore. He taught them many things in parables, and in his teaching he said to them, Listen, consider the sower who went out to sow. As he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. And other seed fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil. And it grew up quickly since the soil wasn't deep. When the sun came up, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it, and it didn't produce fruit. Still other seed fell on good ground, and it grew up, producing fruit that increased thirty, sixty, and a hundred times. Then he said, anyone who has ears to hear, listen. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for your word that it never fails us. Help us to have ears willing to listen and obey. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may sit down. So the first word that Mark starts this passage off is again. You have to understand that even though this is early on in the gospel of Mark, Jesus has already moved kind of past the public part of his ministry. He's preached in synagogues and he's healed possessed people in the church. He's healed lots and lots and lots of people. He's been called a demon worshiper by the Pharisees and the other religious teachers. And there are so many people following him that he can't even stay in a town because they're always pressing in against him. And so here he is, he's outside Capernaum, and he's on a boat just so that he has room to teach these thousands of people. And his voice is able to carry because of where he is on the boat. And he's teaching. And instead of talking in black and white, as he had up to this point, repent for the kingdom of, hand, uh, for the kingdom of God is at hand, he's now talking in parables. He's making illustrations. And as we're going to see today, Jesus isn't telling these stories necessarily so that people will understand the truth. He has a different purpose. In Mark chapter 3 is when he is called a demon worshiper by the Pharisees. In that same chapter, after he separates himself from their influence, his mother and his brothers try to persuade him to leave his ministry. And other gospels, it says they think he's crazy. They're not sure that Jesus is all there. This is his family. And so he has separated now from the religious leaders who think he's nuts. He's separated himself from his family now because they think he's nuts because his mission is greater than the establishment. His mission is greater than what his family thinks is appropriate. His mission is one given to him by God. And so he is in the process, as he's giving these parables, of further separating himself, separating out the sincere followers 
from the firecracker Christians, the spectator Christians, and the villains of the gospel. And so he gives them this parable. And he changes his strategy, and it's confusing everyone. These people would have known farming, but why, in their point of view, think about it, why would they want to hear about seeds and soils? They want to, they want to see miracles. They want to see a Messiah come to conquer Rome so that they can have their nation back and they can rule the world as Israel. That's what they thought a Messiah should have been. And so Jesus, he frames it at the beginning and the end of this parable with, listen. Listen. This word doesn't just mean hear and understand. It also means to go and do, to be obedient. Like when I'm talking to my son and I'm trying to explain him explain to him how to do something or how something works, right? I want him not just to take the information and then forget it, but I want him to do something with it. And so Jesus, he tells the story about the seeds falling on the ground. And we're gonna read that through one more time, right? So it says in verse four, as he sowed, some seed fell along the path. The birds came and devoured it. Some seed fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil. And it grew up quickly, since the soil wasn't deep. When the sun came up, it scorched, since it had no root, and it withered away. And other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it, and it didn't produce fruit. And some seed fell on good ground, and it grew up, producing fruit that increased 30, 60, and 100 times. So he's telling them, listen, at the beginning, listen, at the end, he wants them to obey it, but obey what Jesus this is about seeds this is about soil what am I supposed to do with this information keep in mind there are thousands of people listening to this but who sticks around we're gonna read the next verse verse 10 says when he was alone those around him with the 12 asked him about the parables and he answered them the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you But to those outside, everything comes in parables, so that they may indeed look and yet not perceive. They may indeed listen and yet not understand. Otherwise, they might turn back and be forgiven. Those around him and the twelve. The people who heard this parable and really wanted to understand it were the people who stuck around and asked Jesus, what does this mean? They weren't the people who were the super intelligent and they just got it. They were the people who decided, I don't get it. I need this. I need to understand. So I'm going to stay with Jesus until he explains it to me so that I can do it, so that I can follow through. So they stick around. What does Jesus say? He says, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. The secret was him. And then he says, I give parables. And he quotes Isaiah when he says, so that they look and they can't see it. So they listen and they can't understand it. Otherwise, they would turn back and be forgiven. He's saying, it's those people who think they have it all together, who didn't stick around to make sure that they got it right. Those are the people that they've condemned themselves 
He's talking in parables to make it harder to understand so that the ones who will understand are the ones who are actually committed to the gospel. Those are the people that stuck around. So the biggest reason that stands today that people, they say they want Jesus. Most of our country says they believe that Jesus was a real person, perhaps even the Son of God. But most people in our country, in our world, they want Jesus to represent something that he isn't. Back then, it was the same way. People wanted Jesus to be the conquering warrior and big political figure. Today, people want Jesus to be the genie in a lamp that grants all of their wishes so that they can murder without consequence, so they can lust about whoever they want to without consequence. They want God to just to condone their actions. So yeah, I believe in Jesus as long as Jesus is for what I want. It's the same thing with this crowd listening to this story. And only the people who decided, there's more to this and he's got the truth, those are the ones who are asking questions. So Jesus quoted Isaiah, and it's disturbing, because when you go back and you read this quote from Isaiah, and all of your Bibles have it in there, you can go find it. It's Isaiah 6, 9, and 10. Isaiah is being quoted because God told Isaiah to preach a message to the people of Israel, a message that God told Isaiah, they're not going to listen to you. Your mission is to preach a message that no one's going to hear. That's what every preacher wants to hear, right? I want you to speak, and just so you know, nobody cares. But you got to do it anyway. And when Jesus is saying this, he's confirming that just like Isaiah preached a message that most people didn't hear or obey, he is having a ministry, the Son of God himself has a ministry where he is speaking, and no one cares. And he's answering the question, why is that? And can we expect any better? So he explains this parable to those who cared enough to stick around, no strings attached. And he explains that it only conceals because it weeds out the people who lack understanding and just don't want to understand. Their faith is not real. Their faith is fake. It's rooted in selfishness. They want some fire insurance. They're not interested in something that's real. So the insiders, and you'll see as you look through this passage, the insiders in this are those who seek after God to discover the truth above all else, and they obey it completely. The outsiders of the faith, these are the ones who give up. These are the ones who settle for the little bit about God that they know. Or, these are the ones who know the truth, but they choose to care about worldly things more than God. Their priorities are all messed up. Just like God gave Adam and Eve the tree of knowledge to reveal whether they really loved him, right? It revealed their authenticity. And they chose themselves. God gives us the opportunity to know him, and it reveals our authenticity. Because when we pursue knowledge of God, and we don't give up on it. it, it's not proof to him, he knows, it's proof to us that yeah, this is real. 
I want this. This is most important to me. There's nothing in the world more important to me than seeking after Jesus. I have never arrived in my knowledge about God. God is infinite. How could we ever arrive? But people act that way. They do. So we're going to pick it up in verse 13. God's people affirm, persevere, and prioritize the faith and message. He said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand all of the parables? Right? So Jesus is clearing this. He's saying, this is the key to understanding the entire gospel. You want to know why I came? Here it is. All right? The sower sows the word. Some are like the word sown on the path. When they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word sown in them. And others are like seeds sown on rocky ground. When they hear the word, immediately they receive it with joy. But they have no root. They are short-lived. When distress or persecution comes because of the word, they immediately fall away. Others are like seeds sown among thorns. These are the ones who hear the word, but the worries of this age, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires from other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And those like seeds sown on good ground hear the word, welcome it, and produce fruit thirty, sixty, and a hundred times what was sown. This parable reveals to us why most people will not accept Jesus as their Savior. Jesus Christ, God's own Son, was not accepted by most of the people that he encountered. Even his disciples, as you read through it, they fail him near constantly. It's not till he comes back from the dead that they're like, oh, it's real. And then they go on and they live faith-filled lives and produce fruit. But before then, they were just like the rest of us. Those who hear God's truth but immediately answer with, no, I'm not interested. Mm, maybe later. Or, mm, I'm not religious. These are the people who are like the soil on the beaten path. Satan has them firmly in his grip, and they're okay with it. They're comfortable in their life. They don't want to change. Why should I change? Right? They have no desire to commit to God, even when they are given every reason to believe and repent. They could have all the knowledge in the world and still have no desire to pursue the Lord. Those who hear God's truth and seem to be on fire at first, but fizzle out later. They burn hot for a while, and how long varies from person to person. Uh, some people I have met, like, I've been almost jealous because of just how much excitement they have for the Lord, but Jesus has proved right after a while because when the hard times come, their faith falls apart. It wasn't real. Maybe they thought it was real and it could have fooled anybody else, but it didn't last because it, it had no root. These what I would call the firecracker Christians. Right? Big sparks and then phew, it's gone. For those who hear God's truth and maybe they even believe it, but they give in to worldly concerns, right? They're kind of on a spectrum. Some of them don't care if Jesus is Lord, and some of them believe that Jesus might be Lord, but they're the same in that in their lives it makes no difference. There's no before and after. 
It's just knowledge to be gained, maybe. As long as I don't have to change, right, and just keep living my life because everything else around me, right, Jesus singles out wealth and deceitfulness, you know, deceitful desires of the world and all of that, right? Their life changes very little to not at all because they care about other things more. They like to ask the question, what has Jesus done for me lately? Or, what has the church done for me lately? Because it's all about them. What is going on in the world matters more than what Jesus requires of us to prepare for eternity, at least in their view. I care about what's happening right now. Eternity can wait. And these are three types of people that Jesus says, they're not real. They're not Christian. They're not believers. They hear the word and they may respond differently, but all of it leads to the same result. There's no fruit. God's people will affirm what is true They will persevere to the end, and in their lives, they will prioritize the faith and the mission above all else. All else. Nothing gets in the way. Friends, family, Jesus, remember Jesus dismissed his family just a few few verses before we picked it up this morning, because his mission was more important than blood. And as we seek to spread the gospel, and as we seek after the Lord, that has to be more important than everything else in our lives. Jesus gave up everything for it and expects us to follow that kind of example. Within Jonesville Baptist Church, every one of these soils is present. I would say that every one of these soils is present every time the gospel is preached. The soil represents the condition of your heart. And some of you are likely thinking that you are the good soil that produces the amazing harvest of a fruit-filled life. And I hope that that's true. And I hope you're not taking this moment to think about someone else that you know that needs to have better soil in their life. You know what I mean? You need to be thinking about yourself. Thank you, Gerald. Look inside yourself. Are you someone who has dismissed Jesus without a second thought? Are you someone who burned hot for a while, but now your life is filled with doubts and you have an attitude that just doesn't care? Are you the person who knows the truth, but you've conceded your life entirely to the cares and concerns of life at the expense of anything godly? That's 75% of people, right? He gives us four types of people, and Jesus says this is about everyone who hears the word. Three groups don't respond positively to Jesus. The fourth one, or are you someone who has heard God's truth, has repented, and is regularly investing your time into people and ministries that advance God's kingdom? That's the one way that produces fruit. And you notice where Jesus 
kind of puts emphasis on that when he says 30, 60, 100 times. Like that is a supernatural harvest. Plant a seed in the ground, you expect only a certain amount of things to come up, right? You plant an apple tree. Okay, how many apples am I going to get on this tree this year? Jesus is saying, well, expect 30 times that, 60 times that, 100 times that. God is going to use the faithful to produce an amazing supernatural harvest. The problem is, are you going to be in on that? Are you going to be producing fruit in your life? Jesus desires followers, real committed followers, not firecrackers and not spectators. People who are actually in on it. People who, when they don't understand something, they will ask the questions to reach the understanding. They don't settle for just a little bit of truth. They want to know what God is trying to tell them. And they act on it. They put feet to their faith. Most of the people that Jesus had just been talking to Thousands of people, the perfect son of God, very few stuck around and wanted to know what a spiritual life looked like. And beyond that, very few of them were serious. So what kind of soil are you this morning? No matter where you are spiritually today, it's not too late to accept and commit yourself to Jesus. Maybe you've been one of the three soils that doesn't produce fruit in the past, but it's not too late. God gives you the responsibility for the condition of your heart, not somebody else, and not him. That's on you. So what kind of soil are you? The front of the stage is here. Uh, If you have a prayer to bring before the Lord as our band comes up, This is also the time to come forward if if you'd like to join the church. But if you would, let's bow your heads with me. We're going to just have a quick moment of silence. And I just want you to pray among yourselves. Where are you at with Jesus today? Are you seriously following him, or do you need to rededicate your life? Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Now would be the time. Father, thank you for being a Savior that loves us. Thank you for giving us your word that is like a mirror where we can look into it and we can see who we really are and that we can see you as you are and repent of the people that we've been. God, I pray that the people here this morning and those that are on live stream that their faith would be firmly grounded and rooted in who you are because you are a savior that loves us. You have great plans for the people here this morning, a purpose for each of them, and you know them all by name. And just like the sower sowed on the field entirely, on the good and the bad soil, God, we know that You desire everyone to come to faith in you. And God, I pray that if there is someone here this morning 
that just hasn't taken that step, that is struggling with doubts and insecurities, you know, just don't know where they're going. Pray that you would grab a hold of them this morning, that you would change their heart, and that they would be living for you. In Jesus' name, amen.